Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick with Let's Level Up, and the band is back together once again. I'm so excited. Joining me, almost as always, are my good buddies. Say hello, guys. Uh, I'm Aaron Brosman, and uh, we're on a mission from God. <laughs> nice. I'll say hello, guys. Uh, I'm Scott Morris, <laughs> and we're here to see the penguin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I actually great. have a funny story about that that I will tangent off for two seconds. Um, in a previous life, uh, at another job, a friend of mine came to me, and he was glowing and beaming. And I was like, why are you so happy? And he goes, I think I married the coolest woman on the face of the planet. I was like, okay, why Why is this? I mean, I already knew his wife, and I knew she was cool, but I was like, what's what's going on? And he goes, you know how we're having twins? I was like, yeah. He goes, I got her to say yes, and their names are going to be Jake and Elwood. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, you married the coolest woman on the planet. <laughs> so that pretty much wins all right there. So. Oh, that's pretty that's great. way better than my friend. For the baby shower, to... every he gave them little black frame glasses and you know, it, was, it was awesome so. that's pretty incredible that's sweet Aaron what were you saying oh no that's way better than a friend of mine uh, he wanted to name his child something Star Trek related and his wife had vetoed all of the ridiculous names so their daughter is actually named Catherine Jane so they they named her after the the captain in Voyager, who oddly enough is the only captain in a Star Trek series who's from Indiana. Oh, nice! <laughs> only it's... you would know that. Only you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Kirk's from Iowa. Uh, Cisco yes, is from Louisiana, and Picard is from France, somewhere. I, I'm not, right. I'm not like super big on Star Trek, but you know, you end up knowing where they're from. I know none of these things. Well, then we'll just have to uh, add more nerd trivia like this at various points. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> we'll have to somehow start to sneak in like Star Trek trivia into like the flavor text of Beach Wars cards. <laughs> just make it so on one of the cards. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd awesome. Be great. <laughs> uh, well, guys, we have a, a actually a very interesting episode. This actually came from feedback on the forums. Um, you guys wanted to know a little bit more about the lore of Etheria, so Scott and Aaron are here to kind of fill us all in. And I know there's a lot of different questions bouncing around, and um, just generally about how. Um, how the game or whatever has gotten from point A to where it is now and maybe some of where it may be going. Um, Aaron, I know you had some different areas that you wanted to bring up specifically for this. So why don't you just give us a... Is there a, a quick synopsis of the history that we could get to get us up to where this point is now as far as what's happening within the arena and what's happening with all the different nations of Etheria? Sure. Sure. Um... So where we're kind of at now is uh, is you have uh, various nations in Etheria, um, and they have all, not all, but they have mostly agreed to 
um, participate in, you know, the mage wars, as it were, which is this arena combat. It's a way to uh, kind of hash out grievances without, you know, leveling countrysides or, you know, uh, uh, just uh, unleashing craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of where we're at right now. So you have countries like Westlock and Devarium and Straywood and Sortilage and Pelia, and they're all sort of part of this. Um, and the reason for that is because at the beginning of the effectively the current age in Etheria, at the beginning of it, um, all of these countries were effectively under the control of some pretty brutal uh, demon overlords. Uh, Adrimalek had a particular plan for all of these nations, and he almost succeeded. Um, And so that was when um, you uh, you had all of these countries, and they were all uh, sort of under the heel of these demons and then Westlock um, was the first nation that had people kind of rise up and try and fight back and so after after a long campaign they managed to push these demons back and push these demons out um, and so that's when you end up with them doing the mage wars because they see the kind of devastation that happens when people can kind of do whatever they want. Nice. Um, and that's that's kind of the current age. Um, so are before there... that... Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, before that, you have um, basically ages long forgotten when people knew, you know, secrets of sorcery and spellcraft far beyond what we know now when... Uh, you know, the legends are that dragons, you know, reigned and were around and uh, did all sorts of stuff. So before that, there there was a whole other age where things were kind of far different and in many ways much more advanced uh, than currently, especially in the realms of uh, of magic. That's awesome. Are there any like you mentioned Westlock being the, uh, you know, the, the first nation to really rise up and, and start to push back mm-hmm. against the demons? Um, is is there a story behind some of the, some of those knights or you know Brogan? Where, where does he fit in within the lore specific? How cool is Brogan? That's, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Um, from Brogan's a lore aspect, awesome. <laughs> Brogan's pretty cool. Um, however. Brogan is a recent thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Brogan is in the current age, like in the current uh, present, whereas um, they overthrew the demons um, oh, quite a while back. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember how many years, but it's uh, it has been a while. Um, now, that being said... There are particular characters that play into um, that whole storyline, and uh, you know, without spoiling too much, though, I do, I do expect that we'll 
we will hear more about them as we delve into really uh, expanding the amount of the world that people get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's there's absolutely several interesting characters in Westlock during that time period. Several interesting characters in Ivarium in that time period. Um, Ivarium's a nation that we haven't seen yet, except a little bit in the OP. Um, basically, Westlock is kind of the center of the the part of the world that we're looking at right now. Um, and to their east is a country called Pelia. Um, and when the demons ruled, that was where, effectively, where the capital was uh, of the of the empire that the demons took over. So kind of imagine like there was a big Roman empire and demons kind of decided, nope, we're going to take this all and rule it and then just crushed that country. So Pelia, whereas they have deep tradition and um, intelligence and scholarship and... um, uh, culture, their their country suffered greatly under that kind of reign, and so they've never really kind of gotten back up to snuff um, after the fact. But they're wedged between Westlock on the west and Avarium on the east. And Avarium, if Westlock was the first country to rise up against the demons... Uh, if Westlock was the first country, Ivarium was the second. They they rose up and they were they they were slash r hardcore. Um. They they have great respect for martial tradition. Um. They have a very powerful army. Uh. Their country is much larger than Westlock. Um. They. They have a lot of resources at their disposal. Um, and they have an empress currently who is very interested in making sure that Ivarium seizes what she believes is rightfully theirs. Um, since the fall of the, the previous empire, um, they feel like they should have inherited all of it. That they, it should have been theirs. Hmm. Because they're the strongest. They're the 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 closest to these traditions. They're you know their uh, you know their strength is really what they, from their perspective their strength is really what kind of brought people out of this kind of dark age. And so they're constantly jealous of Westlock because in the age since uh, overthrowing these demons, Westlock has has um, had a lot of prosperity and is kind of uh, it's kind of the center of the mage warring world Um, they made a new capital uh, called Victoria where um, that's where the kind of the grandest arena is I mean various cities will have arenas various places have their own arenas um, for dueling, but Victoria is where kind of, you know, air quotes the arena is. Hmm. 
and so um, and so Westlock has sort of been um, kind of riding on this sort of goodwill um, so everybody's a little bit jealous of them but at the same time everybody's a little bit thankful of them because they were the ones who stood up first and because they were able to rally support they you know basically things were able to get better and they everyone kind of had hope so um westlock has a king whereas uh ivarium has an empress westlock has a king uh he is not a mage and neither is the empress of ivarium um but both of them recognize the strength that comes from having mages and that comes from uh, those kind of that kind of training. So obviously they they don't toy around with that stuff. Um, and Avarium is a country I'm, I'm in in the in the the OP story so far. They the first time you see them, they they start taking over parts of Pelia. Which is the the Pelia is also the country where the Force Masters are from, or rather I should say the the original Force Master is from Pelia, and so they start taking over that country, kind of quietly going, "Hey, we've annexed it for its own protection," which is really we wanted it, so we took it, um, and so in the in the the OP story. One of the Force Masters comes to help Westlock under the agreement that if if she can give them, you know, things they desperately need, help them out with problems they're having, that they will come to the aid of her country because they don't want to be, you know, part of Avarium. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, and that's all. That's all to the east of Westlock. To the west, you have um, Sortilage, and Sortilage is kind of a... It's an odd place by comparison. Um, obviously, this is where wizards come from. Uh, do, all, a, do all wizards come from Sortilage? At the moment, yes. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's always possible for some to come from elsewhere. However, Sortilage is where you... So, Westlock has a king, Ivarium has a an empress. Sortilage has kind of a council. Um, Sortilage is very much a, uh, a meritocracy, except the only thing they care about really is how well you can use mana so if you're the best mage then you're you know clearly you deserve the most so they have a weird thing they don't necessarily care about kind of traditional bloodlines and stuff like that it's all in a matter of how well you can use mana how well you can you know do spells and uh Sortilage is one of is one of two nations that was traditionally founded by um, elves. So normally, I shouldn't say normally, but most of 
the people in Sortilage are elves or descended from elves. Uh, but at the same time, if you can, if you can use mana and you can cast spells and you can do it with enough proficiency, they tend to look the other way on a lot of things because that's what they value the most. Um, but obviously, you know, that varies from person to person. Um, but there are, uh, if I remember right, there's, on the maps in the OP kit, there's three cities um, that are all basically towered cities. Um, Swordledge is famous for, you know, having big white spires, and that's kind of their, their big, you know, architectural uh, kind of hallmark are these, these big white spires. But then again, they, they value magic very highly. So, um, you know, there's a lot that's possible there. Um, yeah. Then if you go um, northwest from there, basically there's a, there's a sea, a small sea. I guess it's not small. Moderate sea, I guess. Um, and you cross that, and then you're in the territory of the Blood Wave. And the territory of the Blood Wave varies greatly, um, because the people of the Blood Wave vary greatly. Um, the Blood Wave is full of all sorts of monstrous humanoids. Uh, they have minotaurs at their disposal. They have orcs, goblins, trolls, um, all sorts of these. Any these centaurs, things. maybe? Not there. Not there. There are there are centaurs. Okay. But not there. Um, they they tend to be really disorganized, except when you know a great like chieftain or warlord rises up and kind of fuses them into one fighting force, which happens exceptionally rarely. Uh, and in fact, in the current in the current OP kits, um, this has happened. There was a a, a a warlord, you know, had a vision, and the vision told him that he needed to unite a bunch of the tribes and plow right into Westlock. Um, but before that, it's been many, 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 many years since the last time this happened. Now, the last time it happened, they didn't so much plow into Westlock as they plowed into um, Straywood. And Westlock, Straywood, and Sortilage all had to fend them off. Um, so it's not something that happens often, but at the same time when when they have a unifying force and someone motivating them, they're exceptionally dangerous, and they're quite a substantial army. So these these armies that can form up like within Blood Wave, I'm assuming mm -hmm. they don't they don't adhere to the to the arena's rules, right? If if I can raise an army and march into Straywood and take out and burn Straywood to the ground, versus going one on one with a mage in the arena, I'm gonna use my army, right? Yeah, no, they, the Blood Wave, 
the 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 way the uh, the way the arena is kind of set up is there are various uh, there are various countries and factions that are kind of signed into it, but the blood wave, whereas they can they can definitely participate because you know any mage can participate if they choose to. At the same time, since they're not really a country as such, like they have no consistent leadership, um, they as a general group are not part of it at the moment because okay. they have they have no you know sort of unifying, no consistent unifying force. So then. Uh, guess the last country sort of right in this middle area is the Straywood. Um, and the Straywood is the other country effectively founded by elves. Um, they they originally split off from the elves that had formed Sortilage. Um, and so they, you know, moved to the Straywood, and they decided to kind of work in harmony with nature as opposed to trying to bend it. Um, one of the things that that Sortilage Wizards are, you know, is not, uh, not uncommon for them, is trying to bend nature uh, with magic. So that's where you end up with uh, the Darkfin Hydra, uh, that's where you end up with uh, like mana leeches and stuff. Various creatures they have um, are either you know these sort of unnatural creatures that they've pulled um, from this other plane uh, of mana, or they've bent um, they've bent and manipulated uh, creatures that exist in in the current world. And the Hydra is a good example of that. They were trying to, trying to kind of make this new creature, and you end up with the Hydra. That's awesome. I've always you wondered why he keeps this thing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's, yeah. The, what's the quote? Awesome. <laughs> what's the quote? I'm not. I'm not crazy. I'm just ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the the Straywood. They learned to kind of work with the forest, and they adopted nature magic, and they that's where you end up with your Beastmasters. Um, and then, oddly enough, the, the Druids we have are actually kind of a subset of a subset, because they're from a, a smaller forest kind of on the eastern edge of Straywood. It's all the way to the east and south across a river. Um, but there was this smaller forest called the Witchwood, and that's where a bunch of the druids ended up. And the the the, the druids and the beastmasters, whereas they get along, they did not necessarily communicate, because they have fundamentally different ways of approaching nature. So, yes, they do. <laughs> they do indeed. So how does a um, this is kind of an overall question, but how, I guess two parts. 
how does a mage get nominated to to fight on behalf of a nation? Are they just the biggest and baddest of the clan, or or, or the the nation rather? It depends on the nation. Okay. Um. For instance, Straywood is a very insular place, so they they tend to send specific emissaries. Um to the arenas as such because most of the time they don't care about other politics but they need to have you know some sort of a voice so they will send a few people here and there um kind of of their choice um sortilage likes to prove that it's the best at all the time <laughs> at, okay magic all the time so they have specific mages who that's their kind of that's what they choose to do with their magic knowledge is uh, duel in the arena excellent example of this uh, he's on a bunch of flavor text but Latin fans so Primus of the White Spires means first of the White Spires so he's He's kind of their go-to guy. If they, if there's an issue that comes up and it has to be resolved through the use of mages, they're like, "This is the, this is our, this is our pinch hitter. This is who we call in when we want to make sure it doesn't get screwed up." <laughs> um, but so they have mages who actively duel. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting. So the Araxian Crown. The Raxian Crown fits a weird space in Etheria because the general populace doesn't like the crown, the organization they're in. They, they know, hey, demons were bad. Demons screwed us up before. We want to avoid them. However, the organization that is the Araxian Crown is not, like, you don't... They don't have an embassy. They don't. They don't like a a front door that you walk up and you knock on and like, hey, I would like to sell you some cookies. There's <laughs> it's finding them is difficult. However, because they're particularly cunning, they manage to work it into the agreements that kind of made the Mage Wars that they were a part of it. So. The idea is if you're traveling to or from, um, you know, a duel or one of these arenas or, you know, some season or something like this where, hey, you know, I'm representing my group. The idea is that you're protected if you're going to or from. So, so at the end, the these warlocks the ones who show up in the arena like yes people know that they're warlocks and they know that they're they're evil at the same time A if you're a common person and you show up in the arena it's 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 just like a lot of competition sports now sometimes the more entertaining one is the one that gets the fans sure. and so sometimes the the common folk 
though they don't like the organization that is the Araxian Crown, they might like various warlocks because they're enjoyable to watch. <laughs> and because the Araxian Crown, like their their warlocks in the arena, are kind of this this front face that they have, you know. But at the same time, they're always doing things behind the scenes. They're always doing things, you know, kind of under cover of night, in dark shadows, in bad places. But it's it's weird because you can't just stomp them out because they manage to weasel themselves into, you know, the this kind of agreement. And so we have to respect it, but at the same time, it's every... Intelligent people are always wary of them. So is but, the... Is the arena more sport, or is it more political? Both. Okay. That's a that great question. That, that depends, on, <laughs> depends on who's fighting, honestly. Okay. Um, in much the same way that, like, you know, oh my gosh, you spilled my drink in the pub. Right. We, we, we have to have a fight over this, you know? That's a really small disagreement. So, yes that can end up feeling more like sport. But, oh my gosh, um, Westlock feels slighted by Sortilage, and so, you know, we demand satisfaction. Well, that's that's definitely political. Mm -hmm. there, th so there's always a bit of both, and it's it goes on both ends. It's from which side um, you're watching this from, and from which side you're participating this from. So what I mean is uh, the peasants who will go to these things, this is sport. This is effectively the Olympics. I'm going to cheer my dude on. I'm going to I'm going to be proud to be from Westlock. Or, you know, I'm going to be that that guy in the corner who goes, you know, oh my gosh, it's the it's the Jamaican bobsled team, you know, I'm going to cheer them on because I think they're awesome. Um, you know, so it's that kind of thing, but that's, that's what the peasants see. The higher up you get, the more involved you get, it becomes more political. It's super important, um, which is also kind of like the Olympics. For example, um, when the U.S. defeated the Russians in hockey yes that was all we did was win hockey but it was this huge kind of crushing political statement to communist russia that hey you know you may not have the best of everything and so it kind of works the same way in the arena yeah you know um i yes i'm representing my country i'm representing my faction i'm representing who who i'm with so, you know, for the common folk, this is sport. Um, this is some. This is entertainment. But the 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 more you get into it, the more it's like, no, no, no. This means something. This has impact. This has weight on on what we're doing. So, so yes, the the short answer is both. Okay, Scott, how do you um? How dangerous do you think it is to spectate a a, a a war within the arena? Or a duel? Uh, 
no more, you know, than being at front row WrestleMania, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's probably pretty hectic. You know, you think the, the initial reaction that most fans tell us when they they hear about what Mage Wars is, they immediately correlate it to, like, uh, gladiatorial combat, you mm-hmm. know, it's uh, either that or Thunderdome. You know, two mages enter, one mage leaves. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's none of those are um, cuddly puppies, unicorns, and rainbows. <laughs> those are all pretty rough, pretty crazy things. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's as Aaron mentioned about you know how some of the the common folk and the spectators are, you know, are you not entertained, so to speak? Sure. There's a, there's an adrenaline rush that there would be to watching this happen. Um, you know, like Aaron had, had talked a little bit about, you know, Sortilage and how uh, you know, not necessarily, uh, I guess what I'd say is, you know, kind of mages or, or wizards are made there. You know, they're not they're not all from there, but they're made there, I guess is the way I would say it. And uh, there's people who just don't have that ability, right? Not, not everyone walking around the world of Etheria can summon demons and, you know, rush you with bobcats and things like that. So mm-hmm. just being able to see that would be pretty intense. Um, I, I'd pay a dollar for, for sure. Yeah, I've always wondered, like, what it would be like to go to one of those matches and then all of a sudden, crap, the warlock just missed its fireball, and it's literally heading right for us. <laughs> How am I going to dodge yeah, yeah, this exactly. now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Here's, here's a silly one I was thinking of. Um, you know, I, I there's so much good television on, uh, sometimes. You, you think we go in spurts, <laughs> or, you know, it, it wanes. But uh, if you could take any two, um, any two characters from the Mage Wars universe... And make like a buddy cop drama out of them. Who would you pick? Oof! I'll let you field this yeah, one I... first, Scott. <laughs> you gotta have good cop, bad cop, right? I mean, yeah. you can't. It, there was never two good cops and never two bad cops, or at least none that were successful. Uh, you know, uh, the first duo not really TV that comes to mind. It's movies, which is Riggs and Murtaugh. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I would have to, I, I would kind of think that the, the wizard would have to be one of them. He, he would probably be the, I don't know if he'd necessarily be the good cop or not, but I mean, he would be the elderly, he'd wise, be been around the block kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not too old for this, you know, yeah. stuff. Um, and, and, and probably... Or might it might be the the Anvil Throne Warlord that could fit that bill too? Um, man, that's a tough question. I, I think if I had to, if I had to pick two like to watch all the time, yeah, I would I would probably pick the Anvil Throne Warlord and the Malachi Priest. Mm. I, I, I the two of them would a be hilarious on TV. Um, mm. I really want to know what the Anvil Throne Warlord sounds like, because <laughs> I don't think he sounds like a normal dwarf. Um, and uh, and I, I think every time I love playing the Malachi Priest, and I think looking at the Malachi Priest that he could be pretty witty. So I, I would go with those two. Huh. Those are good answers. What about you, Aaron? Uh, you so have any for those? Yeah, actually. Um, honestly, if I could have a 
just sort of buddy cop program. Um, so in the OP kits, uh, in the OP kits, there's a specific Force Master, um, and I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, but it's uh, Malathia, and so she's all kind of business and professional. Um, and then in in some of the later OP kits, she needs someone to help her, so she has to go to Ladenfance, who is kind of a smartass. Um, and those two have always entertained me. <laughs> so to me, that's I could wa I could watch that. I could uh, it, that would play in Peoria. So I'm I'm down with that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Scott, I think we're I think we're right here on time, man. Is there anything you want? Are there any updates? You guys just got back from Gamma, and um... <laughs> I know I feel like this has been the Aaron Brosman show, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So another another another. I'll tell you what, though. He's he's the guy to talk to about this stuff. I mean, he he knows it better than anybody, um, and and it's awesome to have someone like that. For sure. Quite frankly, um, there's a lot of, of fans that like it at the level that Aaron likes it as, but it's even better when you've got someone, you know, behind the curtain helping design games and and knowing all of that stuff. Uh, he's kind of like the Oa of Mage Wars. He's just you know watching and he knows all the details and everything. So yeah. Um, the uh, the only thing that I want to add to it is that you know we've had we've had all of this obviously rich and deep lore. Um, we we actually have a, uh, a a gentleman who has his doctorate and he, he's he's a doctor and he's English literature and extremely smart Dr. Thomas Allen uh, and he's come up with the majority of it um, and we've had stories you know there's all these amazing things inside of the world of Mage Wars um, and, and it's been very hard to get it out there um, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is we're roughly, we had a deal that we had announced last year with Dynamite Entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, they started to look at our product, I guess, or our Bible of, of stories. Um, and they sat down with Will McDermott and they put a, bo a book together, an actual like paperback book. Um, it originally oh, wow. was going to be a comic book. book huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was really interesting because it, it started on the discussion of comic books. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of naturally fit, right? They do Pathfinder comic books and a lot of other IPs and things like that. And um, it started on the idea of comic books and then it became, my goodness, you guys have, have so much stuff. You have so many, you have so many good stories to tell. Um, and it came, well, let's make a digital prose book. You know, let's make a, a downloadable ebook. And we we're like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. And, and then it became, there was so much popularity around that book. We actually had passed out um, some cards at Gen Con last year that were little business cards with QR links that people could download the first two chapters and, and read them. And there was such good response to that that it became, well, let's make it a book. Let's make it in print and put it on shelves. Um, so the success has already started from that. Um, but we have our first one that's just about to be released. It's going to be released uh, in April. I believe it's April 22nd. Um, but uh, it's called uh, Mage Wars, The Nature of the Beast. And it, it follows a couple of different characters um, between this 
event that kind of happens in Etheria. And it starts all in the Straywood Forest, hence the, the name Nature of the Beast, uh, and transitions itself through, you know, the Anvil Throne to Sortilage to all these different characters that you come into contact with. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of people when they look at fantasy and they look at fantasy IP, it's it's good guys, bad guys, and, and you, you can point fingers to... You know, that guy's obviously a good guy because he looks like that. He acts like that. And that guy's obviously a bad guy because he looks like that and acts like that. And and in, in this, you know, the, the, the writing is so well done and the story is so well congealed together. You really start to, like, connect and feel with all of the characters. Whether you, you want to argue that their intentions and their, you know, their, their focus is good or evil or aligned or missing lined or anything like that it's just really fun and um it's something that you know, if you enjoy reading it's going to be a lot of fun if you enjoy mage wars it's going to be even more fun so I'm, I'm really excited about that and and obviously the more successful that that is the more successful you know other things like that could be with dynamite entertainment and the stuff we could do with them so i, I think uh the story and the, the history and the, the characters that that are yet to be told or there's still a lot to come but I, I think there's a lot on the horizon which is really cool so uh once again if i'm interested in getting that where do i pick that up at um yes okay. um so i know <laughs> we're making plans with dynamite to have it on our web store Okay. Uh, Dynamite has it on their web store. Actually, you can pre-order it on their web store right now. Um, if you just go to Dynamite, uh, dynamite.com, search Mage Wars, colon, Nature of the Beast, you'll find it. Um, very modestly priced. It's like twelve ninety-nine. Um, their site does say shipping in stock right now, although it hasn't been released yet. So I think that's just a, a web thing they got to update. Um, and then it's a paperback, so, you know, Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Hastings, bunches of different places that will have books, will we'll have it, so. Sweet, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Aaron, do you have that's anything else? A lot of fun at Gamma. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was just going to you know, that's for Gamma, we had a lot of fun at Gamma. It's, um, Gamma's my favorite over the year. Uh, we get to actually, you know, meet with retailers, um, meet with manufacturers, other publishers. Uh, my my favorite thing to do at that show is to ask retailers, you know, what's going right and what's going wrong, um, and and we get very direct feedback on it, and, uh, and I like that. I, I I would much rather have someone tell me, uh, this is why you suck, and and this is how I would like you to fix it. Mm -hmm. rather than telling me, oh, yeah, you're the greatest, don't worry about it, everything's awesome. I'd much rather figure out how to make things as best as possible. Um, the the cool part of, of Gamma was we got to Demo Academy, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was the first time it kind of saw public eyes. Uh, we had a lot of really good feedback from it, and uh, Aaron and, and Brian and uh, Matt Birch, who recently joined us as part of our team as a project manager, they're, they're working really, really hard on it. Um, trying very hard to make that available for Gen Con, um, but lot, lots of things to do on it. Um, and and I, I, you know, just to kind of address the elephant in the room that was part of the Gamma discussion with several retailers and, and is a, always an ongoing continuation with everybody in our fan base is around Paladin versus Siren. Um, you know, it is A, it is still real, B, it is still coming. Um, 
see, I'll be very direct here, and, and Aaron can hit me in the head later. Um, I came on in March last year. I think the team announced it way too soon. Um, I think the team made an announcement about that as an expansion before we were really truthfully ready to really make it a real product. Um, there's a lot of challenging things around the siren and around frost and defrost and things like that. Um, but it's a set we are very passionate about, and it's a set that we want to sell up there. We do still have it on our books for this year. Um, we don't have a direct, you know, line of sight to what the physical date's going to be yet. Um, so all I can tell you is I know that there's a lot of people that are, are pining for that and want that, and we mm -hmm. want it as bad as you do. Um, I can tell you it will be awesome. Um, the, the, the things that I have seen and the things that I know about are really cool. Uh, the Paladin, as most of you know, I play Paladins. It's what I like. It's what I do. It's, it's my role-playing choice. It's my video game choice. Uh, it will be my Mage Wars choice. And quite possibly after he's fully released and able to be played all the time, will forever be my choice. So it's, it's, it's really cool stuff. Um, and uh, just a ton happening on the Dice Tower Essentials line. Uh, you know, we had Onitama announced right before Gamma. We just announced Royals this past week from Peter Hawes. Uh, lots of really good things. Um, so between City of Gears, Onitama, and Royals, that, that line is filling itself out really nicely. Well, that's great, man. Uh, Aaron, do you have any other things you'd like to add on to this discussion? Um, the biggest thing I would say is, uh, you know, uh, we have a huge world, um, and we're super excited to, to start sharing that more and more. Um, at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're basically five guys and Brian, so, uh, um, a lot of times... We we get to pour ourselves into uh, a project, and so something like you know uh, more uh, more world building sort of stories uh, kind of fall behind a bit. But it's something every time we we sit there. Like Scott was talking about how you know. Um, Paladin Siren is definitely still coming out, which is absolutely true, because I was working on that the other day. Um, but in much the same way that that's something that we haven't forgotten about, and that means a great deal to us, and we're working adamantly on, um, we want you to see more of the world, we want you to see more of these stories, and more of of what's going on, and, and more of being able to flesh out the whole world. So, there's more coming. And the dynamite, uh, the dynamite novel is fantastic. Um, I, I've only read it like five times, and <laughs> I realized that like three of those were for editing purposes. But it's still really good. So um, I'm looking forward to, to what people, what people think of that, and and people getting able to being able to see it and and see a part of. <laughs> Etheria that they haven't before. Because I guarantee um, you read Nature of the Beast and you are going to see things that you have not seen in the game. You are going to... You, it's a story that you're going to see familiar things. You're going to see uh, you know, character types 
and mages that you're familiar with, and then you're going to see creatures and things that we've never talked about before, and it's super exciting. Oh, so that's awesome. just keep in mind that we we have a great big world, and we do want to show we're proud of it, and we want to show everyone as much of it as we can, but we want to do it in the best way possible, um, which is, I guess, if as a company, if we had a flaw, that's our, our thing, is that we we want to make sure that when we bring something out that it's it's something that we are exceptionally proud of and that you will be able to see you know that kind of commitment and that amount of passion for our work come so yeah and i and i don't think i would ever call that a flaw i mean one of my favorite companies ever in terms of gaming is blizzard entertainment and they are notorious for making sure that they really believe in the product before they release it, even if it means pushing back things. And, you know, almost everything they touch is golden. So, I mean, I think you got to do what you got to do. And the, the the worst thing I think you could do is release something before you feel comfortable with it. Because that's just, that's just never fun. But, on that note, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know this is a lot about lore, which is something you guys have all wanted to hear, and we got to pick Aaron's brain about it a little bit. So, um, let us know what you think. This will be posted up on the forums and on uh, letslevelup.net. As always, you can hit me up on Twitter, at letslevelup. Uh, Aaron is at NedTheDestroyer, and Scott is at CritsHappen. Um, so let us know what you think about the show. We really appreciate it and welcome all feedback. And uh, let us know what you'd like to hear for next episode. Um, on behalf of Scott, Aaron, and myself, thank you so much for listening again, and uh, game on.